today we're going to be... I don't know. How does, how does he sound after that? It is just a... I, I get the hello and... Hello and welcome. We played a uh, really exciting game of League oh, yeah? this afternoon. What was so exciting about it? I threw in a, a clip, but they, um, in the general chat, they had a Jax who was out of control, had like 28k. Um, our, we had like a Riven who was like 0-14, completely useless. So there was like a lot on, like, I was playing with Alex and Sean. Alex was Rek'Sai. Sean was first time Tomcat. And we were just making like these big macro plays, like the game really became about outsmarting the jacks. I was playing uh, bottom lane Ziggs, and I was just uh, able to counter the split push. Like, Ziggs is uh, the counter split push champion because mm -hmm. he could just ult the, the wave on the sides. And and we just, like, out-macroed it, and just uh, we won. And a lot of it we won because we were pulling them to other sides of the map and just, like, uh, playing smart and making big uh, big skill plays. Hell yeah. You gotta see the the Ziggs clip. It's it's the most outrageous League of Legends thing I've done all. Uh, the most outrageous? Oh yeah. Oh, and I'm wow. not even playing Tarek. I predict you will do something more outrageous. Do you have any? Do I have any predictions? Um, I guess I I I think I wrote down some of our major predictions from last year. Um, and I if I if I had the time, which I should, there's almost no excuse to not have the time. I guess. Um, I was gonna splice in uh how. Uh, what predictions we actually made and like how we how we got them right but um, so predictions we made last year I started off by saying that there was going to be a riot client um, I said it was a long it was a, actually a long shot because riot has really weird infrastructure um, for their games like um, it's like league itself is a weird client that is outside that launches the game and the client is not yeah. attached and it doesn't oh, even have so skins um, so it's still pretty weird, um, but they and, actually. And the other thing is, like, Team Fight Tactics is inside. Also, like that, it's yeah, it's a mod of League of Legends. Yeah, inside so of weird. inside of like League of Legends. Inside the League client, which then launches to a separate EX. Yeah, so um, uh, I guess that there would be a Riot client. I was correct about that. There is a Riot client. It's large part like it. It's. It's it's something that's there. Um, it it it's kind of it's like somewhat useful. Um, because you can launch any of the Riot properties through it, and also it keeps them up to date. But for the most part, since it's so like it's not connected with those things, because all those other games like you're going to go into a client anyway. I guess like Valorant is a little different, but League is kind of weird. Like you launch League, get into the client, and then like there's a Riot client, you launch League client, and then you get into the game. So. Um, I don't know. Like it, it's it, it is there. I made the the prediction and I was right. Um, James said that there would be riot crossover events. So that was absolutely absolutely true. Um, there was a arcane event for uh, for. Um, I wasn't even thinking about arcane when I made that, but yeah, there's arcane content in everything in Valorant and uh, League of Legends and Legends of Runeterra. There hasn't really been a legit crossover between valorant and league um th th maybe like uh, zeri. zeri zeri and neon are like kind of close like they're two champions that released at the same time in their respective games and um both had the same uh filipino uh filipino voice actor and um they do electric. They, they are like electric uh they both have like ponytails and are very bright colors one is blue in valorant one is bright yellow in uh in in league so that's like it's not really it doesn't really count 
Um, I said uh, we we guessed that the law fighting game uh, th- that a project what is that L? L project L would have the alpha or beta that is incorrect. We it might happen this year, but it seems like the game won't be coming out till at least twenty twenty three um, or maybe twenty twenty four. Um, new Nintendo Switch console this year. We were kind of nope. correct. Like w- there was I like mean, a sure there was a sure. there was a new one that came out, but it's not what we're looking for. The 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 uh, the water is just fine for a new uh, Switch console, one that has a little bit better hardware. I think which is a, which can, is what we're looking for. Like now that they have the the Steam Deck to compete against, it's going to be a little bit hard. I don't want to uh, see. If, if Nintendo is thinking about making a new platform, I don't want to see it not be a handheld the way that, like, I feel like they, N- Nintendo it's gotta really... Be, it's got to be a, it's got to be a Switch. Yeah, like... They, they can only make Switches. The, the Switch now. is the only thing Nobody that, wants anything else. The, the Switch is the only thing that differentiates itself from PC gaming for me. And it would be kind of... For me, I wouldn't really want to go back to Nintendo games, like, stuck playing in front of the computer because... I kind of have my like I have the way it's worked out is like I have my PC games, I have my like, you know, League Valorant um fighting games and stuff like that that I would never play on like console or something or Where, where do you play I, Magic? Um mostly on my phone. Okay. Um and uh so uh I I don't want uh Nintendo to move away from that. I I like being able to play Nintendo games on the go um and and I really I just I the switch is like it's such an elegant incredible system it does so much for how weak it is it it's like I, I just I absolutely love this it's one of my favorite systems of all time not even just for the amazing library but just like the feeling like they they nailed that feeling of like just picking it up from the dock and like sitting on your couch and playing and watching a movie and then like maybe redocking it right away and playing on the TV or something like I I really love that um wild we have wild rift releases on switch and explodes i think this was james uh the, the last couple riot crossover events you, james said uh league beta valorant character skins new nintendo switch console this year and wild rift all james guesses um wild rift what about wild rift? wild rift releases on switch and explodes did Very it release popular. on switch i don't think so i don't think it did right they, they got their pokemon game and that exploded well so you so that would be so sick that's that's 0.5 oh that would be so sick on switch it would be pretty good right i guess so that would be pretty good um i made the guess that a valorant character this is this is a little inside baseball for for us a valorant character will be released that makes galloway quit thank you ryan galloway and and bumper for the use of music we use the intro and outro pop songs 2020 off the new album it's well it's not new anymore um you uh pop songs 2020 um with the, what did I do? Um, you can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. It's not new. But um, you can find them at YouTube where you can find links to all their merch. Uh, I guess that there would be like some sort of melee character, maybe like a gangplank kind of character, a bomb RC car character, a character that lays down like a smoke or line of sight, a true Counter-Strike style CS smoke grenade, which is actually came in the form of a Counter-Strike strike style flash grenade. Um so, so not really right there. I said a green jungle-like map for for Valorant. I that's almost like Fracture a little bit has has some jungly areas and Beach is uh or um Breeze is is a beach, mm. but um neither of them are like a jungle. Um, I said it's a ripe landscape for a new MMO. 
Um, new, I said that New World will have a short stint in the sun and then will fall off. So I was right about... I, I mean, the New World one was not really that great of a prediction, obviously. Like, I don't think... It was I, too easy. It was a little bit too easy. Um, the the landscape is ripe for an, for an MMO, and I think we finally got one that, that plays well in there, maybe. Um, with Lost Ark. With Lost Ark. Uh, but that, w- that didn't really come out. Uh, so that didn't come out uh, 2021, so I was incorrect, right? The, well, I mean... Sorry, this is a 2022 prediction... No wait, it is twenty one. This is yep, this is the twenty twenty one predictions, okay. and um, yep. I, uh, yeah. So I, so a, a good new MMO did not come out. I mean, I just made the point that I make every year. Like it's an easy point to make. Like the people want to play MMOs. There's a lot of nostalgia in MMOs, but all the MMOs are extremely old. Uh, you have like most of the the popular MMOs are like decade like over a decade old in a lot of cases and usually when new mmos come out they're just these like they feel bad they feel like they've learned too much in the wrong way from mobile games and or or they just have like shoddy translations or they they just feel like they're gonna die quickly um anyway uh james guesses see if these resurgence in popularity he was certainly right about that Uh, i believe this that, that yeah 2021 was a good year for sea of thieves i think you made the you you i think specifically you said something like you know there would be like famous streamers playing it that pokimane would be playing it or something like that and bring people back um you said that pokemon snap is what people were asking for but they realized that it's not really good um that was wrong pokemon snap uh, is really good yes so like so yeah you said it would be exactly what people wanted basically it was gonna be the same game that it was before and that it would be not very good um and you said a new mmo that people really likes comes out uh, so we both guessing MMO things did not tra- did not come true. Um, other than that, well, we made a couple other things. I said that there would be that due to the popularity of Genshin Impact uh, and the overall like gotcha scene, that there would be another gotcha that would worm its way in the public consciousness, and that did not really happen. I don't believe it didn't. It really happened. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. like there was like Blue Protocol, I think, which near the end had some popular. Near the end of the year, came out. Um, I think in like November. And it had some streamers, some yeah, popular streamers playing it. I don't think that's it. good enough. Yeah. It's not really good enough. Like it's I haven't n- heard of it. Nothing, so. <laughs> nothing uh, in the way of Genshin for nothing is ba- big mainstream gotcha as Genshin. Um, uh, you said that student loans would be canceled. Uh, cross the fingers uh, because still the, waiting for it. Um, that could happen. Uh, we guessed that there would be a. I guess that there would be a good Among Us. Um, that there would be like a triple A Among Us. Still waiting. And uh, finally, I think James guessed that 2021 ends better than 2020, um, which I, I don't know. That's I would say, true. I, w- is it? I mean, we had a surge of Omicron. For me, tw- the end of 2021 was really bad, just in general, just with like uh, life stuff. But uh, uh, you got a significant other. That was good. So I got a house. Yes. So That's in, not some, bad. in some ways, but other in other in some ways, good in some ways, bad. Um, I mean, uh, it's. It's hard to, I mean, 2020, that was a bad end. That was a bad year. That was was not a, that was not good. Um, Okay. So so those were the predictions last year. Um, I have, I have predictions for this year. Give me one. I hope I have enough. Um, So I wrote down and we, we can interpret this in one of two ways. All right. But, and and I put this, by the way, I put this so that you don't have to listen uh, through everything next year. There's a document in the fold, in the folder called Predictions 2022. Uh, so the first prediction I have is this is the year of Kirby. Oh, wow. Right? So this could be either your year. Uh, this is a uh, this is a little bit of fortune be... telling where you're like, you're like, you are 
going no, to have a monetary transaction. Select. Yeah, your option <laughs> selecting. You will have monetary changes this year. No, th this is an option select in that either it's your year or it's the year for um, that little pink uh, puff guy who's getting an open world game, allegedly, this year. Yeah, the Kirby game looks phenomenal. So I, I feel, if you're saying it's an option select, then only one or the other happens, which means that it's going to be a great year for Kirby and not a great year for Kirby. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I get, I'm going to guess again. I'm, I'm going to get some of the, the uh, lazy ones out of the way. Uh, new, I, I'm guessing that this will be the year of a new Nintendo Switch, at least. I don't think that it will launch this year. I think that later on in the year, come fallish, there'll be uh, Nintendo will be showing off a stronger, sturdier Nintendo Switch 2 or something. Um, it'll be like the same kind of thing. It'll play all those old games. You can transfer everything over, but it'll just be better hardware um, uh, to compete with true. the Steam Deck. Um, well, and, that goes in line with my next prediction, uh, which is... Uh, because of Steam Deck, the only reason to turn on the Nintendo Switch this year is Breath of the Wild 2, if it even releases. Otherwise, it will be a dull year to which maybe Kirby is good. No, I think the Kirby Kirby looks good. I think there's some games um, out for it. Um, uh, I uh, guess that there would be some big buys this year, big company buys. This so this um, so, so this is this is fair. Um, uh, Damn it! What did it, what was the exact thing? There, I there I, I have to look back at the game of the year. I think it was the the award show because in the award show I said something like um, there would be like a massive acquisition, uh, and it already happened. Uh, like there's been some massive acquisitions, so I was like I I I, I got in before. We're we're doing this um, one month into the year because uh, one and a half one and a half months into the year. So it's Which matters. It's a little bit late. Um, uh, but I thought there would be some major acquisitions. Um, I forgot exactly what I said, but I feel like I was really close to the, to actually what happened. Who bought who? I'm drawing a blank. Microsoft bought Activision and then Sony bought Yeah, Microsoft Bungie. bought Activision and Blizzard and then Sony bought, uh, Bungie. Um, I think- If you're going to say Activision Blizzard, you may as well just go all the way. Yeah. Uh, say Activision Blizzard King. Um, so, uh, I, I am going to make a crazier guess that is, that will not happen but I'm just going to put it down here because I can birth it into the wild. Um, Nintendo is going to be bought by Tencent. I don't think I think that that's a crazy guess. Nintendo specifically said like they are not interested in buying companies, and I'm not sure how they work like publicly traded. Why I I I I feel like they are small and juicy enough for Tencent. Um, so I'm going to make that guess. I don't know. Tencent is uh, seems like they're having a tough time. Um, yeah, no, my stocks. I thought I felt like they were unstoppable. But, uh, and, and China also, I mean, with their new laws around gaming and around like, you know, kids under X amount of age can only play video games for an hour a day. Um, so I, here's an, here's another slow lob of the plate. Breath of the Wild 2 game of the year. If it comes out. I don't even we I don't know if that's um, uh, Project L beta in the fall. Hey, let me get some in. Right. All right. Go you on. go. Uh, Diablo 4. If it comes out. Game of the year. Oh, wow. Diablo 4, if it comes out, game of the year. Um, so, uh, Street Fighter 6 announced with a beta in the winter. Um, I think there will be a beta this year for Street Fighter 6. And there's some rumblings that we're going to hear Street Fighter 6 next week. Um, but it, it's... Oh, it, you it, think it's, that's what the countdown is this about? Was an, this was an easy... Um, this is an easy guess, mostly, because we know that the uh, DLC has finished up. And I can't imagine... like It's just not the case that the group finishing up like Luke DLC and... 
like that kind of DLC is doing sure. main game stuff. So like that team is obviously working on Street Fighter Six. Um, the Street Fighter Five is very old at this point. Street Fighter Five came out when you were living at home. Um, uh, so that was like yikes. Twenty sixteen. When was that? Maybe, maybe true. 2015 or 20. Yeah, like, like, I think it might have been even older. Uh, here's one for you. Path of Exile 2 gets a beta and possibly a release win. I mean, you think about the way that it's, they released. It's been a long um, time. And it, yeah, it came in 2016, February, February 16, 2016. Well, you know, what else came out in 2016 was um, Path of Exile 3.0, where they released uh, the 10 act system. And, and they released that. And then, you know, they announced it. And then like, maybe a month later, they dropped all of that. So I, I feel like they are capable of just being like, yeah, Path of Exile 2 coming sooner than you think. Um, so I made the... Uh, this is this is not fair. Um, I, I, I'm just going to say that... you Trust me on this one. I said that I, I wrote down that Blizzard announces massive new project, of which I was correct. Blizzard is announcing a... What is it? A Battle Royale or something? Or a survival, survival. game? Survival game? Okay. So Blizzard uh, announces a, a massive new project. I also said that um, is that massive. Uh, I mean, it's an if like a new IP, I guess. I mean, they need something because like nothing is is working for them, and they're not Blizzard anymore. I, I don't really like Blizzard. I don't really have any um, interest in Blizzard anymore. I kind of grew up with Blizzard. They were like my favorite company for a long time, but obviously, uh, they, like I don't see them in a good light anymore. And um, I feel like they've trampled on all their games. I feel like I'm, I made another. Uh, I, I'm making another Blizzard. Uh, prediction and that is that wow will actually be put into maintenance mode this year um like we'll hear that they're not going to do expansions and that they're going to do something big with wow um that they're going to do a a subscription fee it does but uh it does but there's like a way around it is like if you you can pay gold in the game for time coins they give you like subscription. So for a new player, there would be a subscription fee. And I guess if you're like very rich in the game, you can pay off your subscription fee. I don't know how hard that actually is. Um, or if that's even still the case, I believe that used to be the case. Um, but yes, I feel like I, I, and especially given the acquisition, given that Microsoft is buying Blizzard, I, I feel like even while players aren't very positive about it these days um, and have not been for a long time, and I don't think just doing more expansions is good. WoW is like in its like 15th to 20th anniversary. Like it's it's a really ridiculously old game. Um, it's like I think it's nearing the 20th anniversary. And I feel like it a Blizzard, uh, if they just if they, you know, as much bad uh, favor as they have, I, I think that people would be instantly on board for like a wow too like like there just no questions asked if they put a good looking wow two in front of people that people would just just quietly everyone would play it it would be the biggest thing i might play that yeah like i, I would i would probably play it and i think given the name of wow i think there's a lot of like no, people who have been outside of the mmo sphere and have maybe been like or on the outskirts of games and maybe if they would hear that there's a world of warcraft 2 it's starting you know everything is starting over again there's it's a classic of an mmo that is starting over uh i feel like there would be people who just be like oh this game you know wow wow classic which isn't even which is a whole different thing but but old wow wow one lasted for like 20 years like this is the game. Like you want to get in on this because like you'll be playing this for like the foreseeable future for your you know like you'll make so all you your die. life choices. You're gonna be in in a nursing home by the time that this game gets WoW three. So yeah, I expect that some something like that. Well, how do you feel about this? Elden Ring 
is the most divisive of the Soul games among diehards, even more divisive than Dark Souls 2. Um, I predict that I will love it and that the general public, uh, this this is going to be a lot of people's entry points into Souls uh, because, you know, you have a lot of people who are just into these open world games, uh, games like Skyrim, and people will be like, yeah, I could see myself playing like a, a more difficult like Skyrim-y game and uh, people are going to get into Souls and... Uh, the the diehard souls people are going to be like this isn't what i wanted um george r martin ruined it he doesn't know how to make a video game anyway that's my prediction uh hmm i i really like that it's going to be divert uh like like divisive i really like i i could see that game being polarizing because it's it, it looks like one of the the biggest steps away from normal souls and also like sekiro was very polarizing and we are both you know huge souls fans and we didn't like it at all but then ryan galloway thank you i liked ryan. it a bit i didn't i wouldn't say i didn't like it at all I, I i yeah okay well i didn't like it at all um uh ryan galloway uh thank you ryan galloway and bumper for the youtube music you can get it off the new album pop songs 2020 you can find that the at youtube where you can find links to their merch um loved it so I think that that game was very polarizing and that was a, a step in a different direction for Souls. And I feel like this is also a big step in a different direction for Souls. Souls, you know, like it is so established at this point that like I, that I think it is. And, the, and it's not like Souls games come out like Madden games. Like if they just kind of released a better Souls, that like, like a, you know, a new engine, some new mechanics, but it still kind of works like Souls. It's the Souls you know, but it's a little bit, like, maybe it's, you know, similar to Bloodborne. Bloodborne was, like, a Souls with a little bit of, like, more, like, hyper-movement and, like, action turned up a little bit. I think most people would be happy. It's not like Souls games come out every every once in a while. So, so I do feel, I, I do agree with you. Um, I don't think, I, I think that Elden Ring is so, it's not niche anymore. Like, it, it's not like uh people won't know what they're getting into it i think it it is the kind of thing that like even um uh people who are somewhat familiar with video games um who someone who might play skyrim someone who plays skyrim despite like despite whatever skyrim is at this point um probably is aware of of like elden ring is huge um that that company has like gotten bigger releases every single time they've released i feel like that those are not niche games anymore. I feel like sure. th 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 this will be the game that you will see like nonstop. Like every content creator will have their Elden Ring content, even the ones that like aren't playing it and are just like stuck, like losing to the first boss or whatever. I think uh, it will be, I agree that it'll be polarizing, but, uh, but I, I do think that you, like you and I will, will absolutely love it. Um, I, th I uh, thought, yeah. Steam deck is going to be good, but it's going to be pretty janky. It's going to be janky. I feel yeah I feel like a lot of things Valve does uh, is janky. I feel like I could imagine there especially being especially on the hardware side. Yeah, I could imagine there being like it also like it was supposed to launch last year in the fall, right? Or in the the winter. And No, I don't think so. Originally Not, it was I, that was when that was like the the what the pre when the pre-order was for was for like the end of 2021. Some people are already getting then they, it. Then they pushed it back. So some yeah, some wave. people have it. Um what what do you, what do you do like to buy it? Um, cause I have my pre-order, but like, what do I, they'll send you a, a prompt when it's your turn in, in steam or probably through email. If it's in email, then I, I, already, I wouldn't even know. Cause like, I don't even look at that particular email. Mm. So, so maybe I have to like look through it and see if there's anything from steam. Um, I'm going to guess that, uh, there is going to be a Valorant client update this year. Um, and that we will get some of the things we've been asking for, like, 
um, uh, data, uh, like metadata on the game. And um, I don't know if I would go as far as to say that they'll give us a replay mode, but I think that there will be a client update. And I think a new gun is added. Uh, I don't I'm know. I'm going to guess uh, specifically that none of that happened. Well, I mean, this is what predictions are for. Um, I think a new gun is added, and I don't know what it does. I guess if I if I had to guess, it would have some sort of like, it would be like a bow or something. It would maybe be like Marshall Price-ish, but be like a bow that has like one shot kill with no drop off, but has like, you know, a slight... Um, uh, projectile drop or something, or maybe they'll find they'll they'll add a gun in in the game that has projectile movement. I could maybe. imagine a character getting that, but I don't I don't think that that would. I feel like that would go against the spirit of the game. Yeah, maybe maybe it would be like a cheaper gun that does like some okay damage, but it fires like a ball, and the ball has a movement speed, and uh, yeah, so it would like it would lose to um, better act better aim, but still be good for like the people who weren't aiming or maybe didn't have a lot of money, or maybe it's like you're gonna try and uh beat a uh force push or something so what else have you got uh those are all my predictions um i i said before uh on a different podcast i guess that one of us would buy a console this year um that's not really you know fair because i could just buy it and make it true sony makes a big acquisition and the uh, playstation 5 gets um some wild exclusives that make us want to buy it um, and I said that this will be the best year for gaming since 2017 when a lot of the other, when a lot of the, like, it was, that, that was like, I think one of my favorite years. In it's been a crazy history. month already, right? Yeah, it, it has been a really good year, uh, to start it out with. I think that I, like the worst th- that every year is the better, the next, like you, you build up to having a better year because like usually for the most part, bad video game years are just signified by the fact that there's nothing coming out and um that, that's because they're working on other things so maybe this is going to be a good year for for games i also feel like um seeing as seeing how the reaction to omicron was that there was no kind of like um uh, major shutdowns or anything i think that we it feels like we're on a good pace to just have everyone working if not with just some restrictions in a way that like we haven't and that has taken development has probably taken a while to spool up especially when it just like everything collapsed for a little while and like developers were just not working hard manufacturers were not making the hardware or whatever yeah um like the, the chips weren't being made like all that kind of stuff i feel like the like the the gears are have been turning and that like good stuff is on the way and i think that it'll be a pretty good year for video games seems like it so far so that was predictions Oof. and now we have some games to talk about i think i know uh, provided we've been playing some. We've, I've been, been playing, playing I've been playing so many games. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Have you been playing uh, this Lost Ark game? I hear a lot of people talking about this one. I've been playing this. I am loving Lost Ark. You've been it's playing a, this? Yes. You've been playing nice. this. I've been watching Seinfeld recently. Just getting into that again. I, I watched, I think, seven seasons. Um, wow, that's a, a lot. A long time lot ago. But, but yeah, but, but uh, no, no, no. I didn't watch. Other, now I'm like four seasons in another rewatch. Um, four seasons. Yeah, I know that place. That's where... Uh, Donald Trump gets his mulch. You get all the good. Um, by then, I've gotten a lot of the good, famous Seinfeld episodes. The uh, the pretzels are making me thirsty kind of episodes, um, where it's just like I forgot where that kind of shit came from. Anyway, Lost Ark is the MMO, I think, in a lot of ways that people have wanted. Um, massive numbers. Uh, it is really surprising because a week before it came out, I started hearing about it from people who I would normally not hear about this kind of stuff from. Like who? Um, just different. Some of the content creators. Um, for like one of my favorite content creators, a mobile content creator, um, FG3000 is, uh, like I, he, he is a, he's a really good content creator. Um, I like really enjoy his videos and 
he doesn't really he used to do um console games and then he kind of made his fan base with like jumping around to do mobile games and gotchas and what, is he gonna play it on his phone uh so so he's playing this game so i i just i know and also like this is not the kind of game necessarily that i feel like i feel i felt like it was like you and I might have been like a lock to play it, but then friend of the show Ryan Gowie, thank you Ryan Gowie and Bumper for the use of music we use the intro. Yeah, you did it. Um, uh, would not be playing it like normally, and I feel like there's a lot of like we've had some you know friends that that maybe you wouldn't really see playing this type of this type of game or being interested in MMO, and um, the numbers are huge. Like the Twitch numbers are huge. The uh, it, I feel like this game also will retain those numbers. Um, more so than than Lost Ark, I know, or more so than um, New World. Lo- New World. Yeah. Not to be confused with Lost World or New Ark. Or Ark World. So the thing that makes this game a little bit different uh, than your basic MMO is basic. A-, a lot of the MMOs that are popular, specifically like Guild Wars 2, World of Warcraft, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, uh, they use a system called tab targeting, uh, where it doesn't really, like, you move with WASD, but it doesn't feel like you have as much, like, agency in the gameplay. You sort of, like, uh, you tab, you press the tab key to go to different targets, and then you do your rotation at them. You press your one, two, three, four. Every once in a while, you press another button. Uh, MMOs uh, have been moving away from this a little bit. They've been trying to be uh, more action-y, and Lost Ark is kind of taking that avenue as well. Uh, it plays more like uh, Diablo almost, or another way to consider it is uh, it plays like an isometric Black Desert. Yeah, uh, I think Black Desert is the most apt comparison because it is it like to say Diablo feels like wrong. Like it, it the you, you it's not quite Diablo. Like there are times where there's massive amounts of enemies on the screen, but it does feel more like Black Desert. Black Desert, you usually are like have these big screen filling AOE attacks and you usually are fighting big clumps of enemies. And it's also more, it, it, it also is very much an MMO in a way that Diablo is not. It's very much like you're seeing people in the open world. You're going from quest to quest in the, in the classic true MMO style of like you get, and you're, and you're equipping crappy MMO loot. You're yeah. Not equipping like yeah. It's not like Diablo where Diablo the loot is actually stuff. fun. You're, you're just equipping like, you know, stat, stat stick loot. So it feels and, and and I would also say it's more like um, Black Desert in the way that there's like a ridiculous amount of mechanics um, that, that like Black Desert is uh, I don't know what you know Black Desert for but I, like I feel like the more I, I looked into and played Black Desert the more is like okay this is not actually the game for me because there was tons of stuff of like setting up retainers to like different markets in different towns had just whatever people were selling in that market you did there was no like worldwide kind of market so you would be doing you could do stuff like you know have a retainer take grain from one town to another on a set time loop like buy it from this town go to this town sell it in this town for more like it's insane how much there's fishing and sailing and like all these mechanics and i don't mean and like crafting and all these kind of things and i don't mean it in the world of warcraft or the final fantasy way where like a gathering or crafting job is like you run around and you just gather and then you just craft because like that is there but this game is like got like a stronghold where you're doing like these mobile quest things like the game the game also like has a a very huge focus on the the your roster all of your characters um your like entire account so you have like a stronghold that has all these like you know uh almost mobile kind of mechanics where like you're crafting stuff it's taking time your your base like a research lab and then you queue up a job that's going to take like five hours 
Yeah. And then you could spend gems to speed it up if you want. And then you're sending people out on like dispatch missions to collect materials to build up more buildings. It's got a it's got boat mechanics where you have you you crew the boat, you go around, you can fish, you can um like mine, you can gather, you know, uh sea luggage, sea sea garbage, all this kind of stuff. Like the game is just very heavy with mechanics. Um, in a way that feels very Black Deserty, um, but it, and and similar, and it also it, like the combat is very weighty in a way that like d- is is like I, I think Diablo is is like visceral, it is weighty, but this is a combat that like also is kind of you know a little bit more scaled back to work also in a PvP setting. Like there is PvP in it. I don't know if you've seen PvP videos. Uh, I've done the PvP. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So so. Uh, it is it is a true MMO, but it is isometric, and it it does have like a lot of Black Desert kind of feel to it. It it's also Korean, right? So it has that Korean style of graphics, very like uh, yeah. shiny, attractive porcelain yeah. characters. For sure. So I I am enjoying my time with it. There are some negatives to it, which I think that we've already kind of touched on. The, for a lot of people, the just the MMO trappings are are going to be negative. Like this game also has so much goddamn dialogue. It's it is insane. The amount of like running back and forth, talking to somebody. There, there are you have not played Final Fantasy. There, uh, even if I like, that's a bad thing. Like yes. I'm saying, this is a bad thing, and this is an MMO thing. So if it's in Final Fantasy, then that just reinforces the point that like this is a, a bad MMO thing. There are quests in this game. Where someone is like, I need you to go talk to this person and tell them that I don't like them. And the person is standing right next to them. Yeah, I mean... Like, go, go tell them yourself. I, I, I like, I, I'm not going to disagree with you that it like that kind of stuff ends up being ridiculous. And it's like, why and am I talking? It can take an hour to go through some of those like back and forth of like, oh, you just did this really epic battle. And it was like super cool. And there was like a half hour long fight with all these like little sub objectives that led up to a big boss fight and then after that it's an hour of you walking around town like talking go talk to the king go talk to the lady at the restaurant that seems mainly just that lutera when like that when you go to lutera for that like you have that big epic battle and then you spend a really long time in this like first major massive town um, just going back and forth for the most part, like there are a couple times, like I, I, rem- I can kind of like almost count them on one hand, a couple like egregious times. Like there's this one time in the salt flats where you go back and forth between like two different people. And like, I don't even know. See, like one of the big, one of the bigger differences is that like, I, it doesn't, maybe I'm just used to games that do this, how MMOs have done this way worse. Like final fantasy is like you don't even fight between that like final fantasy is literally teleport here talk to this person and they and it and the the talking sometimes lasts for an hour or two hours like there is frequently times in final fantasy 14 where they tell you like hey if you talk to this person you're going to start a cutscene that is so long that like you like make sure you have your your shit squared away because this is going to go on for like an hour and a half of like cutscene to another cutscene to another cutscene to a fight to a cutscene so at least the writing is good. So um, the the writing is Fantasy. yeah the writing in Final Fantasy is most certainly better. But it kind of like it's nice going to Lost Ark because I like the, I'm not going to say that your complaint isn't valid. But for me, like I just go up to Quest Giver and I just mash G until I'm done talking to them, and then I just look on the map where I'm supposed to be. Like I have not like the the di- dialogue being long has like generally 
not been an issue for me. I just kind of go up to the question givers and mash it out. So I don't really think that I have thought quite as much about it uh, as you. I will say that like, well, like I'm not I'm not doing any of the dialogue. Yeah, but I like so so you do get to you like there is good you know like the the way that you, what you're kind of doing from moment to moment like the gameplay feels great. I would say that like the classes feel phenomenal. Like I I've played two classes. I have a level fifty paladin and I have a level like twenty five gunslinger. And, and the classes feel like they have an identity. They feel like they have an identity. This is this is the game that that like I haven't necessarily felt that much like this in a long time. Even Final Fantasy doesn't really give me this feeling that much. But that feeling when you you're walking around the world and you see an artillerist or you see a sorceress or you see a berserker or something and you you immediately recognize what that class is and you see them start doing those things and it feels like because you're only in this game you're only allowed to like hot bar eight buttons and you're and they the buttons like you have if it i feel like from what i've played of the classes i have really good choices about what i want to put on my hot bars um but anyway um you you really do get that sense of like you see someone out in the world and you see them that they're doing something cool um and and the, the 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 combat feels great and there's a good uh uh like break between like different types of combat like you it's you're doing those like kill five of these get six of these quests i would also say that it feels like this game at one point was grindier it, it should probably be mentioned that this is like a 3 year old korean mmo i believe and um a lot of the quests are like shockingly short like a lot of the quests are like oh, yeah. kill six of these and save one one person from being captured and then you go to the area and there's like 40 people who are captured and there's like a hundred of those and you just walk into the first group you you like kill six of them with one button press and then you like right click twice on a guy and get them out of a jail cell and then you've gotten your quest complete it feels like at some point these were like a lot longer um, and that they were like, no, don't, you know, people don't want to, let's, let's get to the, yeah. let's get to the good shit. Cause it always feels like every area is just like, I'm plowing through these quests, like, holy shit. Um, uh, so, so you're doing, so like, I, I feel like these kind of things don't necessarily sell like, like sure the minute to minute gameplay is good, but what you're doing for, you know, to level up is that kind of like they're, they're short versions of generic MMO quests. I would say that the best part of the game and what is probably the most important is that the dungeons are are like really fantastic. They're, they're like pretty much, I feel like they're on level with Final Fantasy 14, which is something that I always say that like Final Fantasy 14 is probably like, it's one of the most, it's one of my favorite things about the game is like how gorgeous the dungeons look, how exciting they are, how boss mechanics feel good, how you actually have to um, play them um, rather than like a lot of WoW dungeons, which they I don't know if like the new expansions have kind of changed it as much, but for the most part, a lot of the the older WoW dungeons like you're not dealing with a mechanic until you get to raids. Like for the most part, the bosses are like you wouldn't ask someone in a WoW dungeon like what's the mechanic here. Like normally you just tank and spend you just someone tanks it and then you just kill it and that's pretty much it. If if ads show up, ads show up, whatever. Like that's not that crazy for the most part. You don't think that much about mechanics and final fantasy like the, even when you're doing these earlier dungeons in final fantasy they make you think about it and this game is similar like there there's really good dungeons you really feel like you're adding to the group in some way and that like you're doing something unique for the group and there's some kind of cool mechanics and f for the most part also like the bosses are like very aggressive about like you have to dodge their things or they'll they'll like stun you for a long time or hurt you a lot um so, and i i really like the the i, I really have enjoyed the dungeon um, and the set pieces also in the story have been phenomenal. Um, I kind of yesterday said that I feel like it's a, um, 
like almost like a Gears of War MMO where um, like I don't care about the individual dialogue, but you do care about the set pieces. So maybe like in this, so like a Fast and Furious or something where where like maybe the di- like you're not you're not going to it for the best writing, but the plot, like the like the actual like set pieces, the the big moments, like those are the kind of things where you're just like I'm actually interested in. There's, there's I'm some- in it for the car chases. Yes, there's some like. Like this game, actually, a lot of times when there's like unskippable cutscenes, there's actually something cool happening in there. Um, so I kind of don't listen yeah, to anything. Yeah, there'll be like two two characters like shooting an energy beam at each other, and then one of them one of them is red charges up, and then and their energy beam is better. So how have what what have you thought so far? Because I'm I'm at the level cap, but I still have like plenty more to go. What's the level cap? Fifty, I think. I thought it's sixty. It's definitely sixty. It's definitely sixty. Definitely sixty. Yeah. After you get level 50, you have all of your abilities, but at level six, like you still get more skill points uh, for another 10 levels. Okay. Um, I'm digging it so far. I want to get to end game uh, before I form a real opinion on it. I'm having a hard time. Uh, I-, I feel like I'd be having a lot more fun if uh, I-, I had more fun the first couple days uh, when people were in the discord and talking and hanging out. And I yeah. feel like right now everybody is kind of just like, pushing to just get as far as they can and nobody's uh grouping in the discord nobody's like grouping i've been doing the dungeons and matchmaking which has been fine uh but it's not really what i want to be like i want to play with other people um and if i'm if i'm playing alone then honestly like path of exile is really good this season Mm -hmm. uh so it's been hard for me to care about playing solo lost ark when i could be playing uh solo path of exile but I'm trying to grind my way up. I I really enjoy my character. I think the mechanics are really interesting. So the character I'm playing is a soul fist, which I I feel like is is a pretty unique character class that I haven't really seen represented in other games. But it's pretty much uh, you play as a Saiyan and uh, you are a martial artist who like darts around shooting out like energy beams. Uh, You get a Kamehameha. You get a spirit bomb later on. It's like the, the spirit bomb they get is the st- single strongest ability in the game. Uh, it takes like several seconds to charge up. And it's like one of the reasons why you play the class is the is the spirit bomb. Uh, and their unique mechanic is called hype, uh, which is essentially Super Saiyan levels, uh, where, where you can enter into a hype state, regenerate all of your last lost energy, and then deal more damage with attacks, attack faster, higher energy regeneration rate, and it slowly trickles down. But as it trickles down, if it if it's about to run out, you could just enter hype level two and then hype level three, which are stronger versions of it. But the stronger your hype level is, once it finally uh, goes on to cooldown and you enter meditation state, uh, which gives you bonus attack damage but no other benefits, then that meditation is going to take long. So it, it's pretty interesting figuring out like at what point in the fight like is it is it worth it to enter level three? Like, do I feel like I can finish off the enemy before I enter meditation state? And do I have to worry about something that's going to happen after this, where being in meditation state is going to be detrimental to my PS? So the considerations that you have to make are are interesting. And one thing we didn't talk about is that yes, you you get eight abilities. Uh, but the way that the abilities work is that you level them up and as you level them up, you get to modify them in different ways. And the later modifications are actually pretty impactful. They really change the way that the ability works. I have this one move that's like a merciless blows where it's like 
you you step forward and you do like a flurry of of attacks and it'll knock someone down. But one of the tier two modifications on it uh, turns it into a giant sweeping kick instead that knocks people back instead of knocking them down, which is important for combos because this uh, class is based around knockups and knockdowns and different abilities dealing extra damage whether someone is knocked up or knocked down or you're attacking from the front or the back. So all really interesting considerations. Also, I really like the limitation of having only eight abilities. I, I feel like in, in World of Warcraft and in these other games, you, you get too many buttons. You get a bunch of buttons that you're never going to press. You get some buttons that just um, supersede others. Yeah. Where it's like once you get this ability, you don't need this one anymore. And I, I think that the, the limitation of having only eight buttons uh, makes it interesting and it makes it creative because you have to make choices. And, and I and I, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that too. And actually, one thing I've been thinking about is how much I enjoy that uh, compared to like a Diablo or a Path of Exile, usually the most um, like efficient way to play the game is to like put all your eggs into one basket, have like a really strong ability. And then a lot of your hot bar becomes like, auras or pets or you know like power up abilities or like you don't a lot of times you just end up doing like one thing that is like what you're powerful at and this game like it doesn't really have any auras or stuff like that like all the buttons that i found are something that you are actively pressing um there's nothing that you just kind of like you don't end up just putting all your eggs into like one thing be having something that hits really hard that's always up because everything has a cooldown pretty much so so you're just like you have a bunch of you have eight abilities that are doing different things and you're choosing like what you want to do with them and putting them on a cooldown but you're not you know just having like you know all these passives that are just like you know to meant to power up one ability so i, I think i've had like a really good time and the and similar to what you said like uh, uh i'm playing paladin which in name is an extremely um mmo tropey class and in practice in this game is like it's one of the most different things i've ever played in in, a, in an mmo like uh the the main crux of it is that uh it is like a supportive class where it has it's one of the two supports and it's one of the most sought after uh classes in the game and raid content and pvp because uh, the game has two support classes and then everything else is straight dps yeah so like you, there's not even like taunting or tanks it's kind of cool too because the supports don't feel like support um like you know you're doing it and you're not as um like da your damage numbers are not as high as everyone else but you're still doing damage um you're not sitting there like this is a this is a he, this is like a class where it's it's a support class but but with paladin and bard you're not sitting there healing someone you're not just like like the tanks up in front of the boss, like you know, taking all that damage. The DPS is sitting there with their big numbers, looking flashy, and the healer is just like sitting there, like casting heals, and like nothing else is that they're not doing anything else. So these this, the support classes feel great. You're you're not you're supporting in like more exciting ways like you do a damaging ability that debuffs the target to take more damage or you put on a shield that explodes on your allies or you create an aoe where if your allies are in it they take less damage so paladin has felt really cool because i'm still you know like i also by the way it should be this is a really cool thing like there's so much quality of life in this game holy shit you can respec at any point in time like yep. even like mid dungeon and you can have multiple pages of specs you, you only get two for free and then you have to pay for more. So so I have like my solo DPS, you know, 
um, build where like I I'm not helping anyone out at all. I'm just like dealing damage, and I have my supportive abilities build for dungeons where it's a lot of AOE's, a lot of like damage mitigation, but I'm still doing a lot of damage and I'm still like having a good time. But one of the cool things about Paladin is that like it has all these offensive attacks, like strike moves, and then it has all these like casting moves. So it's like this holy um, like like you know mage. Where there's a lot of like massive like long casts for like AOE bombs and stuff like that, and they feel great to pull off, and like a lot of like you know Kamehameha like holy Kamehameha waves and like stuff like that. So it, it is it is not it does not feel like a traditional MMO paladin. A traditional MMO paladin is usually has like a shield and and a sword, and they they stand in front of a the, the boss, and sometimes maybe they have some little a little bit of heals, but um, so this is not that, and I, I really have been enjoying. It. Um, right but on. I, but I, I, agree. I will I, say that I, I'm not crazy about the monetization in this game. It has like some mobile elements, like some gotcha type things. It has an energy bar on the stronghold, which I, 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 for now, like you don't really have to interact with it, but I'm, I'm sure that it's there for a reason. I'm sure that it's going to be obnoxious later. Yeah. The there's the, the main way that you buy things is with blue gems and you buy blue gems with white gem and white gems you buy with real money. So there's, so a, there's, there's a double transaction. There's two layers of obfuscation on understanding how much things are worth. So you might see something that costs 500 blue gem and assume that it's worth $5 because that's usually how this goes. But it costs like 2000 white gem to buy 500 blue gems. So you're spending $20 to get the 500 blue gem item. You don't know that because you didn't do the math. And I think that's insufferable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's free to play. Um, so maybe that, hopefully that just attracts a large player base. And then they have these kind of, you know, grimier things. Like for the most part, like if, if you want to do like cosmetics, I don't have a problem with it. And I, and like you said, I don't, I'll, I, pu- I'll pay for amount. I don't know the significance at the end game of like how significant these kind of things will be. Um um, I, I'm never looking to push like world first anyway. So like maybe for the people who are the best and are like doing the the complete end game content and are playing this as their main game, they will maybe feel like like they have to pay into a stronghold mechanic. But um, for me, I don't think that's like um, necessary thing at the moment. I don't like to spend too much time on Path of Exile, you know, because uh, a lot of discussing Path of Exile, like magic, it, it's a lot of inside baseball. So it's hard to really explain everything going on with the new league mechanic and with the new expansion. Uh, but the simplification of it is that um, the end game to Path of Exile has always been like a super complicated mess of dungeons and different bars that are going up and making sure that you're going through dungeons and like different regions to get different bosses to appear. And they've taken all of that out. And they've really simplified everything. Um, they've made it so that the Atlas, which is like the world of like the end game, which is like 120 dungeons, uh, it's all interconnected. There's no regions. Uh, they've introduced a couple of new bosses uh, that are actually a lot easier and more intuitive than the old bosses. They, they've really made it so that uh, everybody can get to and enjoy end game. Uh, and they've, but they still have. Uh, some really difficult, what they call aspirational content for those who really want to push mm-hmm. and be rewarded for that push. So that's all great. But the biggest change this league 
is that they added an Atlas passive tree, and it's by far the most brilliant thing they've ever done to the... One of the coolest things about leveling up in Path of Exile is you get that extra passive skill point, and you get to progress your build just a little bit further. And once you hit the end game, that really starts to slow down. Like, those come so infrequently. True. But now they made it so that every time you complete a new map, uh, you get an Atlas skill point, and you can use this to essentially make every map more rewarding and give yourself uh, the content that you want to see. So Path of Exile has for a long time had a lot of content at the end where like you go into a map and there's like 12 different mechanics going on and it's like really hard to get a read on what they're doing. And they've stripped a lot of that back and instead added power to the Atlas skill tree where if you like doing heist, then you could socket in the nodes that are going to make heist appear more often and be more rewarding. And, and they've just done this for every mechanic. So it's, you know, for incursions, for bestiary, for expeditions, for any of the stuff that you like to run, uh, you're going to see it more often and you're going to get more rewarded for doing it. Uh, and then there's also builds. Like you could create a build that's like, um, I want more specters to spawn in the map and I want specters to be more rewarding. And then I'm going to take skill points that make it so that um, rogue exiles and mini bosses always are afflicted by a specter. And those are coming from like separate areas of the tree, but you're putting those together and then you're sort of getting like this multiplicative bonus off of, uh, that's really satisfying. Another issue that they've had that they've kind of resolved is some of the strongest gear in the game uh, used to be influenced gear. So this is uh, you are in the realm of a specific boss and in that realm, uh, influenced gear can drop that will have unique properties that only can exist on those pieces. So for example, uh, there is this poison boss and he will drop items that are specifically like, uh, you know, have like all these poison modifiers on it, but all those modifiers are going to be random and they're going to drop on random pieces of gear that might not be good for you. So you're creating like the situation of like, great, this, this modifier looks great and it's on a piece of shit gear that sucks. So instead of doing that, they added a new currency to the game uh, that adds influence to the gear uh, as a separate modifier so that you can take a piece of gear that you really like and add the and add the influence to it. So it's really fantastic because it's cutting down on some of the worst parts of RNG of the game. This this really lets you say, like, this is a piece of gear that I really like and I'm going to make it better. Uh, using this end game mechanic, uh, and that's really rewarding and cool. So overall, uh, Path of Exile, th this is the happiest the community has been. Uh, that's excellent. As far back as I can remember, it's a really terrific expansion, and I feel like uh, it's really setting things up for Path of Exile 2. I really hope we get some news on that soon, uh, because this is such a great end game, and now they really just need to deal with the campaign. Hell yeah. It would be cool if they had some sort of variability in the campaign, you know. I think I think it would be Yeah, that's what that's what Path of Exile 2 is going to be, but I yeah, I also hope that they I, and I and I think that they know this more than anybody is that we need alternative ways to level up. Yeah. Um I and think that been it, experimenting with it would this. be good to do like a straight up uh like I know Diablo had some of these like just an adventure mode. I think this is what last uh I believe this I haven't done it yet, but Power Pass has been explained to me like it's a Diablo adventure mode where you no longer deal with the story mode. You just kind of go from area to area, killing mobs yeah, and, and like and they've doing been quests. Exploring and, this. They've, so, they've been playing with this idea because uh, 
in between seasons, they've been doing a couple of events. One of them is Endless Delve, which is you just straight run through Delve Dungeons, which is like a, it's essentially like you're running through these procedurally generated tracks, just killing monsters, getting loot, and like leveling up the power of your uh, minecart. And then they did an Endless Delve event. And I feel like they're testing the water with alternative ways of leveling. They also did one for uh, Endless Heist. I don't know if you ever interacted with Heist. It's like the it has like the most interesting characters and mechanics, I feel, uh, in Path of Exile. So it was really cool that they were just like, here's an alternative way to level up. Here's a different event, the Endless Heist event. Just, uh, you know, just do heist till maps. Just keep doing heist, heist forever. So I feel like these are ways that they're toying with the idea of eventually something other than the campaign as a way to level up. I'm for it. Um, that sounds excellent. I'm happy that, that it's a, a great time to play uh, Path. Um, I hear a, it's a great time to play magic. It's a great time to play magic. I'm loving this is what this is one of my favorite. I mean, it, it's it's What's, early. So there's a new magic set. Is there's that a right? new magic set called? in Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, I believe. Um, and uh, it's a brand new set. It's a little too early to just say like whether or not it's going to be fantastic in the long run. I do feel like this set has some pretty strong cards overall, which is like a good and bad thing. It's a good thing because uh, it's shifted everything so much at least for the time being where um i'm not seeing the decks that i used to see and that's exciting um but it's a bad thing and that like maybe more so than other weaker sets it's not like you're slotting in a few new cards it feels like a lot of the decks are just like whole cloth kamigawa decks um uh but for so, for so this is a really aesthetically different set for magic. The, that is like the big pull as like a non-magic player. I think one of the I think the uh, a lot of the details about the set would be inside baseball, but the actual look of the set is pretty astounding when and I different. When I think of magic, I think of like high fantasy, like the most the most highest of fantasy. I yeah. think of like Dark Souls when I think of magic. Yeah, magic has has always been um this is an insane like magic is making some kind of weird plays because you have stuff like magic arena which is you know moving magic to to a more digital format um but actually i mean alchemy which is like an arena specific version of magic that has all these cards that are more like hearthstoney or like crazy and can do things that magic cards can't do so magic has had some kind of has had some major shakeups in the uh in the recent past and Kamigawa is definitely a wild thing, and I know that the com- there was some rumblings in the community, and of course, why wouldn't there be? Like, I totally understand that. Uh, there was a lot of, um, you know, people posting, you know, different card art on Reddit and saying, will this card make any sense next to some of the other cards? All, all You know, there, there's there been def- tons of different uh, and, sets. Yeah, and I've been looking at these cards, and they're they're a little complicated. What there's do you mean? Like, like in writing or? Yeah. And maybe it's just because I'm out of the game. Yeah, it, it might it might be more that. I feel like they're not at, they're not quite as they're, they're most of the like there there is certainly a lot of text on magic cards, but um, I, I feel like the text is generally in service of doing something cool rather than just being a big block of text that like doesn't mean anything or just too much. Oh, a- anybody playing any uh, card you, game will yeah. tell you. That. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it happens, but. Uh, uh, this is this has been a really cool set. I I think that I I totally understand. Like there is obviously an element of that. Like you have stuff like you know uh, mechs and cyber DJs and uh, cyber DJs. Is yeah, that real? Yes, there is a cyber DJ. Um, I think it's called Song Song Shaper or something like that. It's a red card, a, like a two two red card that that uh can you can tap it and make a 
clone of another attacking creature you have. So that there's some wild like there's a lot there's the mechs and the the uh like ninjas and samurai and a lot of it is like very futuristic. There's one of my favorite card, cards is reinforced Ronin and it's a Ronin with like two regular hands and then there's a gigantic metal arm attached on their back with a sword. So there's some pretty wild cards in this set and especially uh it it is like without a doubt the furthest art departure that magic has ever had and art is usually a huge part of why i play magic i, I really love the art on their cards the and you art play of the digital cards. only right you don't you don't collect uh like physical cards no i mean, I mean I, especially now i don't think i wouldn't have anyone to play with um it wouldn't really make any sense and and our, magic arena has all these problems um there's some huge issues with the economy and I've, I've talked about this before like you can't really mostly when a card goes out of style you can't really do anything with it and you can't really like dust them to make new cards or if a card gets nerfed there's no real um like usually there's there's some bigger uh like incentives or there's bigger um retribution for it like a bl- blizzard used to give you like in the entire cards mana cost back in dust but this game uh, arena is not quite there um in in that term um but it's it's been a really cool set. Uh, I think one of the things that I would just say that I really like about it is that I have noticed that everyone is kind of doing different things, and I haven't really seen what my the decks that I have kind of created um, uh, out there in the wild. I feel like this has been a set with very little net decking for the most part, which is really for cool. Now, which I'm is sure. for now, but uh, you also do have a lot of like content creators already creating decks. And I haven't really seen those decks um, on the ladder or in uh, unrated or anything like that. So I feel they got to be like it's inevitable. It it is inevitable. Of course, it's it's always inevitable. What do you think it is about this that that makes it a little bit less net decky so far? I don't know. It's just there's there's so many cards that work so well. It's hard to say. Like I feel like my deck is really strong. It has like a lot of the the decks feel like they have strong openers. They have strong mid game. Like they, they they have a lot of options. I don't know. It just it feels like there's. A, a really wild amount of options in this set so mm-hmm. um i'm i'm not sure i'm sure that that will that will end obviously that can't stay this way forever like people yeah. will find legends like, of the Terror just came out with a new uh with a new set too uh i haven't looked into it but uh it's interesting right they're just uh they're keeping up with magic hell yeah and there was a new uh team fight tactics set that just came out today oh yeah uh, I, ch- I checked that out they have you ever played team fight tactics um yes so I looked into it again briefly. They added a new mode to it that makes it faster. They essentially doubled the speed of the games. Uh, I, I can't think of... Do you remember when Dota came out with like a Dota Ultra mode where it's like really fast and you just like get through a game of Dota in half the time? Not really. Yeah, they did that in Dota where they were just like, this is fast Dota where everything just takes less time. You'll level up faster, you'll acquire items faster. And they recently just did this for uh, Team Fight Tap, where they made it so that uh, you don't spend gold, for example, to level up. The only thing you have to spend gold on is re-rolling and uh, new units. So I played through a real quick set of um, of Team Fight Tactics today, and it's all based around uh, De- the Debonair and the Underworld. So almost like a Piltover and Zahn style of like, you have the Chem Barons, and then you have the the Jace from Arcane. It's it's a pretty fun set. It, I I played some Teamfight Tactics with my morning coffee. I dug it. I might play that a little bit. more. Mm-hmm. Auto battlers are so chill. They are so chill. I kind of I kind of want to get back into them. I feel like I've been really enjoying some of the 
uh, like lighter games like Magic or I mean Magic's not that light, but I, I've been really enjoying stuff like Wordle. I feel like it almost is down that line of like just something that oh, yeah. I, I can just like lean yeah. back and and kind Definitely of enjoy. recommend. Yeah, check out the hyper mode on uh, Team Fight Tactics. I I dug it. It was you know it, it feels like a board game like it kind of always has, and it they've they've only made it better. There's so much like uh, collectibles and stuff now. Like you could get like new arenas, you could get new like um, explosion effects when you like uh, hit an enemy, and you get a new little guy to play as. Like you get to play as those cute little legends. Mm-hmm. You could be Jinx from Arcane. I don't know. So I've also been playing some Serum Ultimate. I don't know how much of that I talked about, but I feel like I probably talked about enough of it to sort of explain how it works of like just being this giant Rube Goldberg machine that you create of like monster collection where essentially in Serial and Ultimate and and, and I, I also wanted to bring it up again because the game just came out on mobile and it has a cross save functionality. So you open it up on mobile and you're playing the same uh, game that you had just closed on, you know, mm-hmm. and and that that's a real good feel. Uh, but Serum Ultimate bills itself as the the combination of like Path of Exile and Dragon Warrior monsters, and it's absolutely that where you're essentially just trying to uh, combine the mechanics together in a way that just breaks the game uh, until the the game sort of like hits back and finds a way to counter the composition that you've created. Um, and I don't remember how much of it I've discussed like uh, online uh, on the podcast or offline talking to you. But there, there's just some really wild stuff that you could do in this game. Uh, essentially, out of these like 1,200 monsters, every single one of those 1,200 monsters has a unique trait that only they have. Uh, and you can combine two monsters together, uh, and then it will inherit both of those traits. So you have a team of six monsters uh, that are going to have 12 traits. Uh, and, and essentially what you're doing is you're trying to mix and match them in a way that like breaks them. So... For example, I have a creature that makes it so that every time one of my creatures is healed, uh, that creature gains 25% uh, defense. And then I have another trait that is every time your creatures gain defense, they also gain attack. And then I have another trait, which is after uh, at the start of your creature's turn, it reduces the enemy's defense by 15% of this creature's. So every time that my creature gets healed, their defense is going up their attack is going up and the enemy's defense is going down. But then I have a trait that makes it so that anytime one of my creatures is healed, uh, they gain a random buff. So now every time a creature is healed, they're gaining attack, they're gaining defense, they're gaining a random buff. And then I have it so that after one creature gains stats, other creatures uh, gain 25% of those. So now every time a creature is getting healed, you get the, you get the idea. And then I have it so that every time one of my creatures is healed, they're healed for 50% less, but every other creature also gets healed, which means that every single creature is getting their defense raised and their attack raised. Uh, So you're creating these insane combinations, not just with the creatures, but also uh, with character classes. Uh, So right now, with that team comp that I just described, I'm playing a cleric, and the cleric, uh, the, the, the key feature to the cleric that makes it so special with this is that my creatures can trigger healing effects even when they're at full health, which essentially means I could just heal myself nonstop even when I'm at max health, and then I'm just gaining all of these like piles and piles of stacks. But I'm also getting all these other benefits of like after your creature is healed, 
the excess amount healed uh, increases their maximum health. So pretty insane stuff. And I think that there's, I don't remember how many classes there are. I think there's 32 classes or something ridiculous. Uh, and then there's, you know, combos for all of these different classes. One of them I found that was uh, really insane is this uh, character class called the, the Dream Shade, which can afflict a debuff to the enemies. That makes it so that whenever they hit you, uh, they are going to heal you a certain amount. So think about like the combination that I just described but then any time an enemy hits you, they're going to, and, uh, it's just wild. This is, this is a game that is like, it's, it has like a really devoted fan base, but it's, it's pretty small, but it also feels like a game where it's intuitive enough that you can create your own combos. And, uh, it makes you feel, it's one of those games that makes you feel really smart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you feel like you found something like you've outsmarted the game. And, and I think that that's really great. And uh, I highly recommend checking out Theorem Ultimate, uh, $20 on Steam, $10 on mobile, cross-save between the two of them. Uh, give it a look if you're into monster collecting and you already finished Pokemon Arceus. I have not finished Pokemon Arceus yet. Arceus. Arceus, but I am playing it. Wow. I know. What a twist. What a twist. I was waiting an hour and, a, an hour and 20 minutes into the podcast and I reveal this. Um, it's a pretty good game, actually. Um, I'm fairly far. I think I'm almost done with the main story, but I think there's some things to do afterwards. Um, it is not as bad a game as I would have thought. I think the trailers have really not done it justice. Um, I was kind of like, like I, you know, the trailers-wise, I just thought this looked like such a joke, and there's so many memeing things to say about it. I bought this, by the way, before there was even the Positive Donkey video, um, so... Uh, wow! Why? So you bought this so early and you just I, didn't. I tell bought this anyone? on the first day and I haven't said anything about it. Yeah. Wow. I know. What a surprise. We haven't done a podcast, but here it is. So, um, Pokemon Arceus. There's so much memeing. Arceus. Arceus. There's so many meme kind of worthy things to say about it. Um, obviously, it's like the. I guess if as long as it's this is counting as a mainline um, installment in the series, this is one of like the biggest uh, changes to the formula. That has ever it has that has ever come out usually biggest yeah I mean like all of the games this is the second Pokemon game like basically every game has been a take on red and blue Um, there have been games like Pokemon Coliseum or something that uh, do different things with Pokemon or Pokemon Snap that do different things with Pokemon but this is a mainline Pokemon installment that has changed the formula in a in a drastic way and it's a good blueprint more than anything. Um, I would definitely say like it, it's, you're saying I should play the next one. Yeah. Like I, there, there's, there's some problems with it. Um, I would say like it, this, this game halfway gets there to like some of the dreams of the Pokemon show and the universe. Um, they halfway gets there in the way that like you are crawling through tall grass and like some for weaker Pokemon or Pokemon that are like unsuspecting, you can throw, just a Pokeball at the back of their head and capture a Pokemon kind of like you would in, in the, uh, the, the kind of like Ash does sometimes in the anime. And uh, you can battle the Pokemon in the out on the field um, and just fight them or capture them. Um, it's it's an open world game. Like there's these kind of like open world areas. Uh, yeah, so what's the deal with, like how does that work? I don't it know is not a lot about seamless. Game, um, you so. go to different areas. of There's different areas of the map. Like there's a hub world that you go to. You get quests. A hub and, world. Yes. So, and that's the, that's the village. Yes, there's a main village that you can kind of like build up some elements in and also get uh, requests and quests in and move the main storyline to. to. And 
Um, then you go out into areas, like you choose an area to go to. The world is not like fully seamless, but the, the areas are very large. They're not Breath of the Wild large, obviously. Like they're fairly large, and there's and once you're in the area, it's seamless. There's very there's load times, but very the load times are extremely short. They're extremely minimal. Um, but so, so what's it like to find a Pokemon? Is that like exciting? Um, it kind of is. So so I would say one of the biggest differences, like the Pokemon, it's an it is in a like once you're out in the world, it's pretty open. And the way that this game wants you to play it is fairly different from old Pokemon games. There is not um, gyms. And there are not badges anymore. Um, this game, and, and some people are gonna like that, right? Because I think that some of the worst parts of Pokemon was actually just like the battling. Yeah, well, the battle, the battling has also gotten better, but but I'll I'll just I'll try and and break some of these things down. Um, uh, there's no real like, there's no gyms. Um, you rarely, very, you very rarely are ever fighting actual like trainers. Um, this takes place. The main, the, the the story crux, and about as far as I'll tell about this, the story is that this basically takes place um, at, at the time where Pokemon were just being captured and used for like a, as like pets or trained for like different things in a village. But the the it's it, the time period is such that people are like kind of afraid of Pokemon. Like Pokemon are still very wild. Um, and, I'm afraid of Pokemon. And they have just kind of invented the Pokemon. Everyone should be afraid Everyone of Pokemon. should be afraid of Pokemon. They can do some insane things. Have you read the Pokemon, um, like, Pokedex entries? Like, there's Pokemons that are, like, hotter than the sun. That's not good. You don't want to be near that thing. But, um... No way. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, so, so, uh, you... Uh, the, the, the setup is that, like, you know, there's not really a lot of trainers. Um, your job is to, like, capture and, uh, like, like just, just basically, like, you're kind of, like, on almost a... Well, not like an entomologist or something, but you're you're out there to like discover the different types of Pokemon in a way that feels like different than the old ways. The old ways kind of just felt like, you know, you're filling up your Pokedex, but this the kind of story is that like we don't even know what's out there. So like it's up to you to explore and see what you see. And like you're probably seeing a lot of these Pokemon for the first time ever. So can you like capture one and bring it back? And like, you think what there, does it are do? There, do you know how many Pokemon are in this game? Do you feel like there's a I, lot of Pokemon? I do not know how many Pokemon are in this game. I do not feel like there are a lot of Pokemon because if there were a lot of Pokemon, I feel like going to the different areas, I would see a little bit more variation, but I do feel like I see like, like sometimes going to a new area, I'll just see like, you know, the next evolution of enough of an, an existing Pokemon that I saw in an earlier area, which doesn't feel great. Like there's like, whatever, there's that like little blue 142, 242. Okay. So that's like, that's, that's an okay number. I mean, the original, that's a pretty good number. how was it? What was the original? It was 250, 150. 150. That's it. 151. 150. Um, 150. No Mew in the no first Mew. one. And then uh, the next game had 250. So, uh, so yeah, when you you you're going out into this world, um, you, you, the areas are large and open and seamless once you're in them, but they're separated. The ever all the areas are like the, you have different zones. Like the first area is the by far most boring zone. It is just kind of like a plains um, is area. There is a Badoof in the first area. Is it cute? It's standard. I'm uh, a big fan of Badoof. I think. It's what about Babarel? General. Um, Which one? Babarel. Babarel. What is that? Is that like a Meryl? That's B- Badoof's evolution. Babarel. Oh, that's not imp- that's imp- that, if you that never is evolved Pokemon that guy. Snap, I didn't find it yet. Why would you evolve a Bidoof? It's perfect the way it is. Just like the the Pikachu. So yeah, the, the, the Pokemon Pikachu. are out in the world. There's no random battles. Um, some can you throw bags of food at them. You can throw bags of food at them. Um, Explain this to me. Uh, you can fight them or just try and capture them. Like I said, it's uh like there's balls that there's there's things called like leaden balls and heavy balls where oh god 
where um you, you just like being the pokemon in the head with like a baseball yeah like if you if you get them with these with like the heavy balls then you and especially if you uh uh can capture them in the back when they're unsuspecting you have a higher chance so some pokemon you're able to just capture yeah some pokemon, pokemon you're able to just capture i know right i mean the the whole thing about pokemon i i still think pokemon is kind of whack i was just talking about this to my ltcp because she's playing pearl and she's going to start arceus um but uh like pokemon is so funny because as a series they initially you can tell that like the initial manga artist like created this concept for these pocket monsters and these little monsters that like live in the pokeballs and you you like capture them and carry them around with you and probably didn't think much further after that to like well, you know, especially as time moves on and people are more concerned about like, you know, the mistreatment of animals that like the public consciousness would start to think a little bit more about like, hey, isn't it weird that like they're friends, but they make them fight all the time? Like you, you basically like capture something is living in the wild. You go out, you capture it against its will. Now it's there and you're making it like do your bidding or like fight for you. And it like when it when it's not doing that, it like lives in a cramped little tiny ball apartment where it's shrunk down like shouldn't that create some questions you know i hear pokemon uh the the ball doesn't make pokemon like smaller it just makes them like, it gives them like a weird world to live in or something the pokemon choose to get sm- so th- this is the kind of retconning that you'd have to do to make it so that it's not like this is like harry potter horrible. levels of bullshit yeah it really is it, this is like dumbledore has been gay all the time the way that the pokeball mechanics have to work because otherwise they just seem horrible you know yeah but anyway, um, uh, yeah, the, you see the Pokemon out in the wor- in the in the wild, and the main way that you're actually playing the game is like you, the way that the Pokedex, which is actually like a book instead of an actual Pokedex, um, works, is like it'll tell you, you know, like now that you found this creature, can you see it do gust five times? Can you evolve at one time? Can you capture three of them? So it's more of like a like looking at the book and saying like, okay, I gotta capture two more Bidoofs. I got to watch Bidoof tackle five more times. I got to evolve Bidoof one more time. I have to use Bidoof to swift an enemy to death. And like, you're doing these things and that's kind of like how you're playing. And then you're leveling up like your Pokedex and your stars and then going to the next area. Um, so it's a, it's a lot more freeform. Um, you're, you don't have to do like everything in the Pokedex. You're just kind of deciding like, or just by, as you're playing, you're like accruing some of these things or getting some, knocking some of these things out. Um, the, the combat is much improved. There's there's some improvements from the old games that I really like. Um, first of all, there's no um, HM Slave, which is like an old thing, like a like a, a terminology for um, Pokemon that would just kind of carry. Because you, if you remember correctly, like the way that the old way that you know moving about the world in Pokemon used to work is that to surf you'd have to have a water Pokemon. You have to teach it surf, and you'd have to break rocks or fly. And a lot of times these HM moves are not very good, but they solve a they they provide something that like lets you walk around the world and it it can be annoying like walking around the world and if you're like you know you've got the game complete you're walking around and now you see a rock you have to break and you don't have that pokemon with you um in this game they've completely done away with that there's no hm moves um you have pokemon that you every area you usually get a pokemon that helps you travel in some way so you will get to like surf around on the back of a pokemon but it's a pokemon that you don't capture it's just one that you call for specifically surfing that you don't doesn't like take up a spot in your team and you capture it like i don't know i haven't seen that particular pokemon that you surf on it's no it's like a barracuda thing i forget the name of it kind of messed up if it's not a lapras it's not a lapras you think it would be a lapras but it's not um 
So you're getting, so yeah, you're getting Pokemon that help you like do all this crazy stuff. You're getting Pokemon that help you fly or climb and, you know, um, surf around and run quicker. There's a Pokemon, like you get on the back of one of those deer, um, weird, weird, weirder, wide ear or something like that. Um, uh, so you don't have any, any of the HMs anymore. Now the Pokemon retain all their moves. So you can change them in between battle or at any point in time, you can change the, the, uh, move set on the Pokemon, which is another, I think, nice quality of life of like not having that whole dumb mechanic, the way that that used to work. Um, and, uh, I, I, I kind of like, just like there's, there, I think that the world is pretty empty feeling. Um, I think that the, the graphically, the game isn't up to par, uh, it, it's it's not as bad as like the initial trailers would have you believe that you're constantly that it's very frame ratey and hitchy hitchy but it's actually not hitchy it's just that it looks very uninspired world like like the pokemon it's kind of weird because the characters and the pokemon have that pokemon style that that like they've been um you know accruing over the years in the games and like steadily working on but the actual world itself almost is like a you know skyrim or like an, a 360 game where it's just these kind of like bland textualist environments that that don't have that much going on over them like there's not i really i haven't been to an area that is like you know even forests don't feel like like feel a little bit sparse of trees and texturally just don't look really up to par um i think that uh that like i've said some positive things i think that the future of the pokemon franchise is in a lot of ways this game and a combination of pokemon snap um i remember you talking about oh, that could be cool i remember you talking about pokemon snap and you you said this thing where um you said like you know it rains out and then charmander has to go underneath you know the trees or like hide in a cave and i think that that like that is like if this game i could have imagined coming out like in its current state and being better and more acceptable like five years ago um or like on the gamecube or something where it's like we made an open world pokemon game that kind of does a little bit more of what it feels like to what pokemon looks like in the um anime but um uh the pokemon in this game are kind of just meandering around and i think that the future of this game is a little bit more with a little bit less um like i would love to see stuff like that i would love to see like pokemon snappy interactions like oh, it's raining out, and this is the best time to catch a Charmander because usually they're very flighty, but now that it's raining, if you go on, you can look underneath the trees and see where the Charmander's trying to hide to make sure that, like, it can keep its tail, like, from getting wet. Um, so stuff like that. I think that it would be, like, really cool if it was, like, a Breath of the Wild Pokemon game that was more emergent, that was, like, you know, there is a Charmander in the area, and... Um, if you wait till it rains, like something will happen. Charmander will hide, and that like the character of the Pokemon, the the um like a personalization, the the personality of the Pokemon came out a little bit. Um, but yeah. in its current state, like I said, the Pokemon are just kind of meandering around. Um, and then one of the final things I'd say that it, that without going on too long is that the combat feels improved. The combat is, I, I think, like Donkey has a really good video that 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 says a lot of the things that I would think about this game. Um, the combat is like super snappy. Um, like you, you pick moves and like they go, the, the moves go off very quickly. And also like you just kill things, even if there's not a type advantage, like half the time, like most moves seem to like hit for like 75% to like a hundred percent, even without the type advantage. So the combat is very, very quick. Um, it is like the type advantages makes more of a difference in this game than any other Pokemon game in the past. Cause like you'll get a 
like if you if something you do is like ineffective or misses a lot of times like it either means that your pokemon's going to be like in the red or yellow health or it's going to die um and also they kind of took a really cool um thing from that i've that some uh recent uh rpgs have been doing this is maybe the first time that the pokemon combat has been different and that is their agile and strong moves um so that's new so that is a new mechanic for Pokemon, and this is the first time in any kind of major way that, that the Pokemon rock, paper, scissors, four, four types of attacks has changed. Um, it works simply like a braving defaulting system or like the um, League of Legends kind of like um, long... League of Legends. League of Legends, um, uh, Runeterra, uh, uh, the Rune King, Sorry. I mean, Rune King um, system Runed. where you can make a move come out uh, be either either like it has a wind up and takes longer for you to get your next turn and do, does more damage or it's an agile move and it comes out quicker and you might get another turn before your enemy even goes um, and also you t increase the speed on it so you get to kind of think about stuff like you know if this move I'm gonna hit this Pokemon I'm gonna hit this like this enemy Pokemon um, with a move that's like not their type disadvantage but maybe if i put it strong style i can gamble on like it doing just enough to kill them um and not having to deal with like the fact that there's going to be a repercussion um and uh the agile moves are like you know i just got to go before the enemy goes and finish them off or maybe um one of the other cool things is that this is this this the agile and strong system kind of makes uh moves that used to not deal damage be more effective um i used to feel like a lot of the moves in Pokemon, like something that just poisons an enemy is a really weak ability in Pokemon because for the most part, sure. like like how much damage are you going to do versus something that just hits it with its type weakness, right? Like if you if you poison an enemy... Yeah, it, like, always. It yeah, has that's to, always been a weird thing to me in Pokemon. Like, so so stuff like that... Why not just attack? Why lower stats? Why do yeah, anything? Why, just kill, why not just kill it on the first go? Like the way that Pokemon usually works is like th those kind of abilities don't matter that much or they don't, they don't feel that effective like to like, you know um iron skin or something or like iron curler for whatever like some of these abilities that like don't just kill a pokemon um don't make as much sense but in this game they do because there's no benefit the the agile and strong style it um just modifies the damage that the ability um does and doesn't modify like the other uh, effects of the ability so you can like if you have a hypnosis or something that makes someone fall asleep you can use that as an agile style and maybe get in before the pokemon attack so these these moves like actually have a little bit more use than they would in the past i in pokemon i used to always just play it like pick the strongest move that the pokemon currently has um and just do the and just go for type uh advantage um so this feels like there's some improvement um that's exciting yes i've played another game oh dying light 2 tell me uh so dying light 2 is an open world hardcore zombie game i haven't played a lot of it but i also feel like it's a very known quantity especially for those who have played dying light one i think that it's exactly the same game uh when it comes down to it i think that it's a really uh good looking game when it comes to lighting i think that the ray tracing effects look nice and i so infrequently play like these big triple a games that it's always kind of nice to just dip back into one of them and be like wow video video games really look great these days um so i i haven't gotten far enough like it, it's also weird because i've played about four and a half hours of this mm -hmm. and i i can't tell you exactly what's like it feels like so little has happened you play as uh, a pilgrim 
And pilgrims are unique in that most people in the zombie apocalypse are holed up in cities and they kind of just stay put because everything is so dangerous, except for pilgrims. They're one of the like they are the people who are moving from city to city. They're moving through the wilderness and they're ferrying supplies. So uh, you're kind of unique in this way. It, it, it also is the kind of thing that explains like why your character is so agile and adept early into this game. Uh, you get bit by a zombie. Um, but there, this community that you're in, pretty much everybody has been bit by zombies. They have sort of worked around it. They have this sort of bracelet, uh, which tells you how far along your infection is. And they, the, the, the zombies in this world are affected by light. So zombie, the zombies have a real problem with like uh, UV and light from the sun, which means that they hole up in buildings during the night during the daytime to hide from the sun and then at nighttime they all come out and they start hunting but it creates these intuitions where the interiors of buildings are almost like dungeons Mm -hmm. uh that are like packed with zombies but if you go to them at night uh where it's more dangerous to traverse uh then you're rewarded because there are fewer zombies inside those dungeons and they're more mad but because you're infected uh you have a timer that is ticking down of like your your zombification where if the timer reaches zero it's game over because you've been zombified uh there are all these ways around it like there's light out in the world you go to the light sources and, and it's sort of like uh you know an oxygen meter in another game but there's also like some real it reminds weird me of like Metro shit. a little bit there, there's also some real weird shit that they put in the game just because they were like well we have to make this like uh not obnoxious but they decided to add a uv shroom uh which is the most bizarre and stupid dumb shit uh that that they did sort of like sci-fi their way into of like you eat these uv shrooms and they're going to increase your uh in this world uh the loot feels really fun like there are different like classes of of character where it's like this is a this is considered like a tank piece of gear it's going to give you this if you're like spec a certain way there's like ranger gear and like scout gear or whatever. So that's all pretty cool. You're finding like unique weapons that operate in different ways that will uh, inflict ailments on the enemies. Like uh, this one has a 10% chance to electrify and stun units. Um, they, they also sort of uh, did that thing where they have to explain why you're unlocking abilities of like, ah, oh, when you got zombified, it really fucked with your movement capabilities. So. You're gonna sort of have to relearn how to how to be an adult again, uh, how to be a parkour man. So at the start of the game, uh, for example, you don't have wall jumps, you don't have like certain slide techniques like running and sliding into an enemy to trip them. That's stuff that you have to unlock. But but I will say that if you're in the mood for one of like these open world, like almost think of it as like a Ubisoft game of just like going to different points. You're going, you're trying to appease different factions. And and like you go to a, a watchtower and then you like unveil a part of the map. If you're like looking for one of these, I think that this is a, a great one of these. The combat feels waiting. Uh, the world feels dangerous and interesting. Um, the the story I I could do without. It's it's kind of dull, but but it's it's a great looking game. It's a it's a beautiful like post apocalyptic. I'd play more of it if I if I had the time. There's so many video games. And there's only more coming out. Oh yeah, Elden Ring next week. King of Fighters, I think tonight, in like an hour. Oh really? King of Fighters. Uh, yeah, I think it has a global release, so the seventeenth, which is tomorrow or technically today in uh, New Zealand. And New you Zealand. know what they say about New Zealand? New Zealand. 
New Zealand has Path of Exile special effects. They have that. That'll do it. Oh no! What? What? Right? What even did did Alexa hear that they thought I was saying something to them? I said New Zealand has special effects. Hi, New Zealand. Maybe she's uh, really interested in that. Me. Uh, Valentine's Day passed. I got Alyssa the that uh what, what is so I would urge everyone to look at this listing on Amazon. I I think oh, I yes. sent it. I had to have sent it the to you. Fuzzy dumb cat. Fat orange, fat orange plush cat stuffed animals. It's the most ridiculous looking uh, stuffed animal that is like a a nightmare Garfield ripoff in in the most ridiculous way. Uh, highly recommend checking out on Amazon the fat orange plush cat stuffed animal. Lifelike yellow tabby cat kitty toy for boys and girls. Is it lifelike? Children Xmas birthday gift. No, but it's it came in a vacuum sealed bag. <laughs> it was just like. <laughs> Wow. All that you could see is just like this, this like orange blob with like these big stupid eyes, like in a vacuum sealed bag. And that alone was worth the price of it. Just like, what a, what a great, what a great tool. Is that it? That's it. Take us away. This has been What's the Deal with Games. You could find us online at WTDGpodcast.com, Twitter at sign WTDGpodcast, or on Spotify, iTunes, Roku Podcasting. Whisper, I don't know. Name, you could subscribe directly to the RSS feed. We're in the RSS scope. I've already and done what's it. What's the deal with games? And and you know we actually have like four point six stars on iTunes. And if you've made it this far into the podcast, uh, you owe you're us. probably wondering why. Yeah, <laughs> you owe us to make that number lower. Um, to put it at where it needs to be at. Thank you, Ryan Galloway and crying. Uh, Thank you're you, Ryan Galloway and Bumper, for the use of your music. We use their intro and outro. You can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. You can find them on, on YouTube where you can find links to all their merch. Sometimes I wonder uh, if Michelle is getting like a notification of like, hey, someone is using your music. I know. And then she like listens to it and is like. She's a writer now. Oh, she doesn't okay, care about well, that. She's got she's got uh, crying in H Mart, which is which is like, a, a story about how crying started in H Mart. It's a it's a New York Times bestseller. Everything really is, but excellent job. I mean, it probably is great. I really should check that out. Yeah, I, I, I should too. Um, thanks, Ryan. Thanks, James. And uh, take, it, take it sleazy. It's back again. It's